We're going to expand our weekly video segment to take you into the back shelves of your local video store, back where it says horror videos, and where kids are devouring some awful films that we call the video nasties. Are you freebasing? Inquiring minds want to know. I have to break free from this culture of mechanical reproductions and the thick incrustations dying on the surface. Stop the prime time, bitch! Pain, I can assure you, will be exquisite as for our deaths. Come with me and be immortal. We have such sights to show you. We've got to return some video Hello, horror hounds, and welcome to the It Slays podcast. I'm your humble host, Rowan. Hi, it's Fergie's hollowed out skull, Mike. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, it's Colton. And we are back. Uh... And we got Colton back in the building. It's been a little while. I felt like we it's been haven't a while. I've forever. been very busy. Yeah, I've been making appearances on Now Slaying, but yeah, since the main show, it's been over a month since we've actually recorded. So with me on the show, so yeah, I've been very busy. I got a new job in the film industry, so I'm working on film production or television production here in St. John's all the time. So lots of twelve-hour days. I'm working a minimum of sixty hours a week. So uh, yeah, I'm very busy. So I'm happy I'm here. I'm also a little bit tired that I'm still here, but, uh, you know, hopefully we'll make for a good episode. I caught myself when I said that because I was like, wait a second. I literally saw you like 12 hours ago when we recorded <laughs> and announced. Like, I was going to say, yeah, we've we've done two recordings this weekend. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, let's get into what we are consuming for media since we've talked last. I'm sure, you know, we've got a list of stuff. Uh, we'll start with you, Colton. What, uh, what have you been watching? What have you been doing? Yeah, I've been watching uh, not very much. Like I said, I've been working 60 hours a week. I find kind of the week. Weekends, I'll try and watch whatever the newest release at the theater is and kind of catch up on my TV, like uh, The Rehearsal and Better Call Saul. You know, both of those are kind of, I think The Rehearsal's getting close to wrapping up its first season. And tomorrow is the last episode of Better Call Saul. So we'll see. How I was going to say, I thought that was off the air for like five years. <laughs> what season Dude, is it on been- now? <laughs> Uh, I think it's like season five or six. But yeah, there was it a long It feels like break, it's nine or ten. COVID. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's been I, going I keep for forgetting about time. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think COVID kind of crippled their production a little bit because I feel like it was almost like a year and a half to two years between season four and five. And uh, yeah. I kind of feel that as a consumer as well. I'm definitely not as invested in the show as I used to be. But I mean, it, it's definitely picked up in the latter half of the season for me. But uh, it's certainly no Breaking Bad is what I'll say for in my opinion. Uh, yeah. But yeah, other than that, uh, I've been watching. I watch Nope. You know, obviously we covered that on Now Slaying. Uh I won't get into it too much, but I was a big fan of it. It's uh, my second favorite Jordan Peele movie, and I love the sense of scale and the old sci-fi Western vibes throughout it. Um, it was very much a movie I was completely on its page the entire time, so I very much enjoyed that. I watched an old uh, Buster Keaton movie um, from, I think it's like 1927. It's uh, nice. one of the assistant directors on set was like, you have to watch The General, man. You have to watch The General. And I was like, the general? Like, what the hell is this? Anyways, I turned it on, and I was super impressed by it. It's like an old, like I said, a movie from 1927, a silent movie. And essentially, it's like Buster Keaton's girlfriend gets kidnapped and his train gets kidnapped, which is named The General. And it's just essentially uh, almost mostly a chase movie. And it's just basically it's all practical effects, all on a train chasing another train. 
and it's just pretty incredible how they keep like ratcheting up the stakes of like what can happen on a two trains chasing after one another i mean the cinematography is really modern there's set pieces where there's like 200 mounted cavalry like riding oh. with guns in the background and shit it's very oh, wow. impressive yeah I, I was actually pretty shocked by it it was like when i watched it i was like oh my god that's like an easy five star and it was a silent movie right so yeah i really enjoyed it um yeah and i guess probably the last thing i'll mention it's been a while since i watched this but uh, i watched incantation which i don't think i mentioned on our previous show i was on Maybe I have. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I've talked about it on a couple of things now. Maybe it's just because I called into uh, Amon. They wanted kind of me to give some recommendations of what I enjoyed this summer. But yeah, it's a Taiwanese found footage horror movie that uh, kind of the less you say about it, the better. It's one of those things when you watch it, it makes you part of the movie. Like it, it very much kind of directs the relationship between the filmmaker and the audience and kind of uh, gets you involved in some ways I've never seen done on film before. It's also a found footage horror movie that is not like, you know, 80 minutes of boredom with 10 minutes of scares at the end. It's very consistent. Like, it's always delivering the scares, kind of how they subvert some of the, you know, it's like a Buddhist iconography in the movie and, like, kind of pervert it is really interesting. And, uh, yeah, I'd highly recommend it. I think it's kind of going under the radar. I've seen a few people kind of give it negative reviews, which I completely don't understand. Uh, but yeah, I think it does some really interesting stuff. It's well worth a watch, in my opinion. Incantation on Netflix. I love the Yeah, meme. that's pretty much all I've been watching. Yeah, no, it. you should check it out. It's it's really good. Maybe I should just pick it for an episode sometime. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. Force me to watch uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I'll give that some thought. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Mike, what have you been watching? Um, I have been watching not... Quite as much trash as usual, you will be happy to hear. Um, although, mm, a clapping. little bit. I, I am now totally <laughs> caught up on Canada's Drag Race, which, shout out to, we finally have a hometown girl on, Irma Gerd from St. John's. Doing very oh, well, wow, love right. it. But other than that, I, I realized that my Arrow Player uh, subscription, due to circumstances <laughs> that I will not go into at present moment... Um, was going to expire the day before yesterday. So I was going to try to blow through a bunch of like old shitty horror movies that are on there that I don't really mm -hmm. have any other way to watch and I don't want to spend the $50 for one of their beautiful Blu-rays. Yeah. So I was going to watch something that I have never seen before and I was sat down drinking some beers and decided to put on Death Screams, which... I had seen before, but when I was like 12, because I saw it on TV at like two o'clock in the morning and it was just awful. Of course, it was <laughs> an awful $20 1982 slasher, but I don't know. I mean, it was kind of fun, um, but I've been like reading too. like I've been picking through this horror collection called There Is No Death, There Are No Dead, and it's like tales of spiritualism horror, which is kind of cool and different nice. and unique. And it's like. To me, it was like a really interesting, different, uh, like theme for an anthology, and also several of my favorite authors have stories in it, which was a big draw. Cool. Um, so I'm really enjoying that, and I'm reading um, "After the Banquet" by the late great Yukio Mishima, and I'm also very much enjoying that. And um, I'm hoping this week to get out to see "Bodies Times 3. So really, that's oh. all I've been consuming. <laughs> 
And I, I'm sure you're going to say something disparaging right now. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I can oh, see it I on your face. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to her now slaying, I guess. I was not a big fan of it, but you know, Rowan was. So. Well, here's yeah. the thing. I'm not going to listen to that until after I see it because I want to go in 100%. untainted. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'll leave it vague. I don't, I don't want to affect your viewing experience at all. Especially since you don't go to the theaters very often, you know? No, I still haven't gone back since COVID, so it's been, like, two and a half years. So I'm like, this, Holy every shit, time dude. a movie comes out, like, Scream was going to be my movie back. And then we had mm -hmm. the, like, theater shut down because we had that big nasty wave. And then I was going to go see Nope and all these other ones. And I just had X. And I just keep not getting out. But I'm I'm really, like, this week I'm forcing myself to do it. So... There yeah, to be Rome. fair, I think it'll be up your alley. I think, I think, yeah, like bodies, it, it bodies, really bodies seems too. like um, a movie for people who are slash, I guess, about who are terminally online. <laughs> as much as I hate to admit it, that 100%. does sometimes cover me. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a theme in the movie for sure. Yeah, bro, what have you been consuming slash buying? I've, uh, I like it. I, I've decided that I figured out I'm always the one that goes last. And I think it's just because you guys are so always so tired that you can just like sleep for 20 minutes and then you just said, <laughs> while you go on your giant. Yeah. Band, and then yeah. you guys are just like, oh, yeah, that, that sounded great, Rowan. <laughs> so I can't believe, yeah, it's been a long time since we've all kind of been on. I feel, feel like it's been forever, even since the, the Willow episode. So we saw Bodies, Bodies, Bodies and Nope. And uh, they slash them that we all Oof. have now slains up on them. So, you know, you can go listen to what we thought about them. Also, Prey. And Prey. Yeah, that was the other you one I was trying pray, to think yeah. of. Yeah, Prey. Oh, see, that's what I meant to watch this past weekend and I forgot about. Yeah, get on it, man. And then these guys have already heard me complain for like three weeks about it. But uh, I got out to the theater. I did see uh, where the crawdads sing. And... Uh, <laughs> And it was not, uh, apparently I didn't know what it was about and I just went and saw it on a whim and, uh, yeah, don't, don't go see that. Uh, it, it was quite terrible, quite, quite terrible. The best thing about it was, was the, uh, trailers at the beginning. I'm like super, super pumped. That was the other trailer that played again when I saw bodies, bodies, bodies was that, uh, the Last Woman King, or whatever it's called, with Viola Davis. Oh, yeah, that play. Oh, yeah, 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 well. yeah, yeah. And man, every time I see that trailer, I just get fucking super pumped. And I'm just like, this looks so badass. Yeah, and honestly, I've been on a, not so much a horror kick, like an action kick. I I like to watch them at work, because then I don't like really have to think. If I'm not paying attention, I don't really care. So I, As if there's any... <laughs> hope of that happening but anyway yeah so i uh <laughs> i finally saw all of like the ocean series i watched uh i <laughs> i watched oceans 13 first because i thought that's where it started i i couldn't remember what number it started <laughs> at oh my god Girl. oh my god so really? you didn't look at the numbers <laughs> yeah. that happened sequentially and say i'll start at the bottom <laughs> yeah i no. would forgive you if you started at like oceans 8 you know and just didn't look at the release yeah. year you know but uh yeah starting at 13 that's criminal i think so yeah i started at 13 then i went back i did I did 11, 12, and then I did eight. Overall, I was, I really like them. I didn't think I'd be into them, but uh, I thought everyone was kind of charismatic. 
I thought eight was a giant piece of shit. Yeah, I agree. I'm not a fan of that one either. I, I was quite disappointed. It just didn't, there was like, uh, it was shot a little more like a typical kind of like mainstream popcorn movie where like, especially Ocean's Eleven had a little more of like a gorilla style to the filming. You know, I, I felt like I was watching like Swainers or something, like something really independent. That's a deep cut. And I think, I didn't know it was a controversial take, but I think I like 13 the best. I wonder if that's due to the way you watch them, you know, where it was kind of like it was your introduction to the world and you kind of learned all about the characters. I wonder. But. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of also wonder that. It, plus, I'm just a sucker for Al Pacino. So I was just like, oh, okay, Al Pacino, like, that's cool. Uh, I saw The Gray Man. I feel like everyone, I watched it when everyone else watched it when it came out. Ryan Gosling, I, I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, and I thought it was pretty mediocre. It's the source material is mediocrity defined, so... Yeah, it, it was, you know, salute to uh, Chris Evans and that mustache. And, you know, I, I appreciated that he was like, I'm just going to go far left from Captain America and just be like the biggest dirtbag character possible. But it, it <laughs> the acting really wasn't the issue in it. It was just, uh, you know, there was like it was just like mindless set pieces that like didn't either make sense or they didn't utilize well like stuff that should be tense wasn't tense and it was just you know very very mediocre uh so then that kind of led me on this weird spiral i watched the contractor uh which was from earlier this year it had uh chris pine in it uh and ben foster and that that was also uh it was all right it's kind of uh it's got like you know this overall message of like what about the vets kind of thing it it's about veterans and uh you know basically working for this like blacklist CIA private contractor and unfortunately like most movies Ben Foster's in he's the best thing in it and he's in it for (laughs) not that long so you know I just I'm not a huge Chris Pine guy yeah I just creeped this on Letterboxd and I'm a little bit disappointed because when you mentioned Chris Pine and Ben Foster I thought maybe it was a David McKenzie again you know like uh, Hell or High Water like they were together in that movie and that they were both excellent and I, I love Hell or High Water but yeah, it's by a, it's not by that director, so not at all. I don't know. Maybe he saw that movie as well and cast them in it. But uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to have the most favorable reviews here either. So I haven't even heard of it until you logged it. It's so. uh, I think it's like an Amazon exclusive. Oh, uh, that kind of. Yeah, that says it. I, I miss everything on Amazon. That's a Amazon original. So do I. So it was like it was a night at work. I was like, hey, I'm going to pop open Amazon and like watch one of these originals that I would never click on. And so I was gotcha. like, I was like, sure, why not this? And then that led me to my first viewing ever of Safe House with Ryan Reynolds and Denzel Washington. And yeah, this was just kind of, you know, I guess I was just on this like CIA operative kick type action movie because these are all like CIA movies and also like most movies you know Denzel is amazing everyone else is just kind of mediocre <laughs> and I'm just like you know it's a shame I like Ryan Reynolds but pairing up with Denzel is tough because Denzel is just like he's life 
he he gives me life. Yeah, there's very few actors that can go toe-to-toe with Denzel in a movie and kind of hold their own or even, like, overshadow him. I think maybe Viola Davis and Fences gave him a run for his money, but other than that, you know, it's it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, who can who can go toe-to-toe with Viola, too, right? Like, it's... Oh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. right? So it was, like, yeah. two forces of nature, you know, just colliding yeah. in that movie. So. She, she's amazing. And, yeah, the last two I watched, uh, I watched The Predator for the first time. I thought maybe I should go watch it. The Shane Black one? The Shane Black one. Yeah. And uh, much to Colton's dismay, I thought it was pretty good. I I, I knew you were going to like it. I knew it. <laughs> I had a pretty good time with it. You rated it better than the new Prey. I can't believe I that. I did. But... I did. Man, oh, man. I, I get the faults with it. I totally get it. I like. I totally get why you give it like a half a star or one star. I just, it's my kind of movie. Like, I could shut my mind off. It's just like this shitty, like super sci-fi gimmicky predator movie, and I, I it's kind of like why I love two. I just, I was just like, it's, it's fun. I thought it was fun. Although I'll agree, I saw a lot of the reviews. I agree with like the autistic things, kind of weird that storyline. Oh yeah, maybe Shane Black isn't the best person to treat autism uh, in his storylines. <laughs> But uh, I'm happy yeah. to say I saw that when it came out and I was so absolutely fried out of my mind that like I don't even re- like I remember sitting down and watching it with a couple of my friends. See, I bet I, that would be fine. It's like I just blacked out. <laughs> Look, Shane blacked out. Ah, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, the last thing was I uh, I rewatched uh, the Firestarter remake just because I had bought it on Blu-ray. I was pretty angry. I couldn't, uh, I, I waited like days and days. The Walmart in my town like didn't get it. They didn't have a spot for it. So I went to the city to go pick it up and the place in the city, the price was like double what I knew it would be at Walmart. And then I came home from the city and there it was on the shelf I'm probably the only person that bought a copy. And uh, you'll be happy to know, Colton, I actually downrated it on the second viewing from my first (gasps) one. Oh, my God. I don't think you've ever done that. (laughs) It's the first time I've ever done it. I mean, it's still probably... Breaking new ground. (laughs) It's still probably one of the best horror soundtracks in, like, a couple years. But I didn't enjoy the watch as much this time. And there was a... There was some weird stuff going on with the transfer on the Blu-ray. At first, I thought there was something wrong with my TV, and then I found out it was just the Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> there was, like, this weird ghosting. Like, I, that's why I thought it was my TV. It was almost like this ghosting mm-hmm. effect, but it was actually just, like, the weird, hazy effect that I didn't notice it in the theater, but pretty much the whole first half of the film, you know, has it. And I was like, oh, this is weird. And I, like, I even popped it out, put it in a different Blu-ray. I'm like, no, these are fine. Okay, I was going to say, it wasn't, like, motion smoothing or the cinema, you know, the wrong setting on your TV or something. It was just weird, yeah, was- like, someone would move their head, and then you kind of, like, you kind of look like it's dragging a little bit. Yeah, and- I know what you're saying. Yeah. And yeah, so I I just, I didn't really like, really took me out of the film. I mean, I still like, shout out if you want to watch it. Like, if you want to see Sexy Dad by Zac Efron, it's still worth it. And uh, the soundtrack, but yeah, I had the, I had the downgraded guys. I'm sorry. Sorry. I was, I was uh, champion Firestarter for everybody. I was going to say, before we move on, I think we got a couple of important additions to the list of, uh, 
same as Jaws or better than Jaws, uh, based off of what you've been watching. Uh, we have, oh, we, yes! Okay, this is my favorite game. We, this is my favorite we have fucking game. Ocean's 13, just as good as Jaws, according to <laughs> Roman. Not Ocean's and we, 11 or Ocean's 12. No. Now, Ocean's 12 and Ocean's 11 and Ocean's 8 are certainly lower, but Ocean's 13, you know, equivalent to Jaws, and uh, Bodies, 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 you know, on the same level as Jaws, you know, according to Rowan. That's so, right. Uh, Add you know, it to the list. Do what you will with that knowledge. <laughs> we definitely have to make a list. I need to get, like, a t-shirt made, you know, how they have, like, director's names on it, and it should just be the names of movies better blank than and Jaws. Blank and blank and blank, yeah. yeah. Bodies, 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 and Ocean's 13, and... <laughs> Yeah, that'd be good. Or Jaws and and then, yeah, it's just like, and you have to keep adding to it and get them pressed on the back and stuff, yeah. I should also quickly <laughs> shout out, because I totally forgot, uh, I also watched Spiderhead finally, which I really, like, I actually really liked, so... I just should just say that. That one's not as good as Jaws, according to you. So No, no. It doesn't fit the segment, but, you know, it's all right. <laughs> Thanks for throwing it in there, though. <laughs> I thought Chris Hemsworth gave a Jaws-like performance because it was the best thing I've ever seen him in. So, so wow. he gave right. a performance like a shark. Kind of, a predatory shark okay. that runs a big pharma company. Uh, As opposed to the non-predatory sharks, you know, the friendly ones. Yeah. <laughs> the friendly sharks. I'm sure there's friendly guys. Wait, isn't that like um, a nursing shark, shark, I guess? A baby shark yeah, friendly? Yeah, baby shark. I assume baby shark is friendly. <laughs> I haven't watched it, but yeah, probably. So, uh, yeah, let's get into uh, the selection for this evening. Uh, this was a Mike pick. Do you want to uh, introduce a Mike? Sure. So this evening slash morning slash afternoon slash in your dreams, wherever you're listening, um, we are going to talk about from 2007, one half of a cinematic opus from 2007, Robert Rodriguez's Planet Terror. So uh, let's get into the trailer and then we'll come back with the uh, the bio and our review. It was called The Grindhouse. Theaters that played back-to-back movies featuring uncensored sexuality and hardcore thrills. Now, Tarantino and Rodriguez are bringing The Grindhouse back with two explosive feature films. First, they're stealing biochemical weapons. When the laws of science are broken, the last hope for humanity rests in the hands of a few. Doc Block, his prescription, pain. We're gonna lose the arm, Joe. What do you mean, lose arm? My arm? Dakota, one hot mama who knows the score. If anyone comes to the door, I want you to shoot them. Love his dad. Hello, baby. Especially if it's your dad. El Rey, cross him and it's lights out. And Jerry Darling. I made you something. She tastes like trouble. With an attitude to boot. In Robert Rodriguez, Planet Terror. Planet Terror was written and directed by Robert Rodriguez, and the story is as follows. After an experimental bioweapon turns thousands into zombie-like creatures, a group of ragtag survivors must band together to stop the infected and those behind the bioweapon's release by any means necessary, before the world as we know it becomes Planet Terror. 
They said the name. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, is this our first time seeing this? Uh, we'll start with you, Mike. It was your pick. Oh, lucky me. Um, this was not my first time seeing it. Um, I had the absolute pleasure in 2007 of getting stoned and going and seeing the whole Grindhouse three and a half hour oh, nice. double feature with the fake trailers experience in the theater and i am so glad like i've never been so like i've had a few theatrical experiences that i'm like i'm so glad i did this and that is one of them because i feel like it's never gonna happen again (laughs) it was so cool to like go see a double feature i mean really it was one movie in a way but it was not so you know what i mean it was just oh i just love it you always have to make your own double features like just you know they never have like themed ones it's just like i'm just gonna go see two movies and even then, it costs like seventy dollars. So yeah, exactly. this was two movies for literally the price of one. So I don't know. What about you, Ro? Yeah, so I've seen this like a shit ton of times. Um, <laughs> especially like back, let's you know, let's say this came on Blu-ray in like two thousand eight, like DVD Blu-ray. Yeah. Like I definitely owned this on DVD, and it was a rental. Like yeah, I. Yeah. I watched this a ton. I wasn't as lucky. I never saw it in the theater. And I'm not sure why. Because I remember this plane in the theater. And I don't really know why I wouldn't have gone and saw it. But I didn't. So I had to watch it on video. But yeah, I am very, very familiar with this. Um, I will say this watch. Like, I probably haven't watched this in like, like at least eight years. Eight plus years. Uh, so it has been a while. Uh, what about you, Colton? This, strangely enough, is a first-time watch for me. Oh, I have wow. seen Death Proof, you know, when I was going through my film bro movies, making sure I've seen all of Quentin Tarantino stuff. But, of course. Uh, yeah, Planet Terror is one that I remember seeing the posters for. I remember seeing the DVDs, you know, the VHSs for type of thing in uh, theaters as I was not theater, sorry, in video stores when I'd rent them on the weekends. And I remember always seeing, like, I was like, oh, my God, a chick with a machine gun for a leg. This looks terrible. (laughs) I remember I'd always see it, and obviously the box art was super cheesy and, like, basically, like, just not what I was looking for at that point in time in 2007. So, yeah, this one's always slipped past me. And, uh, yeah, I think it was just kind of like I watched uh, Grind, not Grindhouse, sorry, Death Proof, and I was like, Ah, that didn't really hit for me. I'm not going to bother to watch the other half. You know, it was a weaker Quentin Tarantino movie, so I just kind of left yeah. it at that. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I'd say I was, I was pretty surprised by it. I, I very much enjoyed my first viewing of this movie, for sure. And it's definitely nothing, like, remotely, like, Death Proof. No, right? they're, like they're very different. Yeah. Yeah. Other than, I think Death Proof kind of has, like, a half hour in the beginning where they're in, like, a kind of, like, a sleazy bar kind of talking a lot before, like, the chase sequences near the end. It feels, like, almost, like, very uh, two different movies Death Proof does. Like, the first oh, half feels kind of similar to this. Yeah. And then the second half is almost like an action chase movie more conter- concerned with, like, stunts and stuff like that, right? It's very different. Yes. I mean, Zoe Bell literally just, like, carrying the show for like yes. 45 yes. solid minutes yeah <laughs> for sure yeah so i yeah. have a question for you mike just as someone that okay you know we didn't see it in the theater what played first was planet terror first or was death proof first in the... um i'm pretty sure it was planet terror first, first yeah i was just curious like on, the, on... no it was yeah, yeah yeah they had fake fake um trailers then planet terror 
than more fake trailers than Death Proof. Okay. No, that yeah. I just wanted to know because I have uh I have like some sort of box set special edition Blu-ray they put out of this. So I was just curious like if they kept it in the order because yeah on this one I, I don't love it because the movies aren't on separate discs it's just on like you play it and then it just goes right in like fake trailers and then yeah it oh, starts okay. playing uh death proof so i was curious if they kept it in oh the yeah order. no death proof was definitely second i i yeah i remember that you know feeling like dazed when i came out of planet terror and then going into death proof and like colton said there's like a you know really chatty like you know kind of lackadaisical interlude there and it's like wait what <laughs> you know what i mean and then of course it totally switches gears and i'll have to watch it. i think yeah. i think i've only seen death proof once i i think i remember when i saw it i wasn't a huge fan of it but i quite enjoyed it um Everyone I know loves Death Proof, so... I understand why a lot of people don't, like, rank it high in his, uh, like, catalog of movies, but first of all, it's, like, the actresses, and it's, like, pretty much an all-female movie, which I always love. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think Mary it's Elizabeth kind of Winstead, a... like... Yeah, I was gonna say, for me, it's, like, circumstances where his filmography, in my opinion, is, like, so great that this, like, Death Proof is still good. It's just not great or excellent, in no, my opinion. Right? Yeah. It's still a good movie. It's just, you know, it's not Inglorious Bastards or Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't hit those me, heights. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like it was, he was going for like a, to me, like when I watched it, I guess I knew that he was just going for like that kind of niche recreation of like a specific type of movie from like the 70s. Yes. So I was like, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I like his take on that. I was like, it's not really like a Tarantino movie. It's more like, a riff so it's fine i'm just like i'll like it for what it is in his catalog you know what i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. so we know where we're gonna start our favorite kill favorite scene uh however you want to categorize it uh colton first time viewer yes uh my favorite scene i i it's not a kill you know how my mind works i don't really usually notice the kills although this movie has loads of them that are very fun yeah. i very much noticed the the buckets of blood and all the great squibs and you know it's it's a lot of fun but my favorite point or my favorite part of the movie is when is the missing reel i have to say i love when essentially <laughs> the reel goes missing it just kind of halts and then we skip ahead what feels like you know 11 to 15 minutes like a reel of film and we're just kind of like in media res of the third act of the movie which is completely completely skip over and like the, the end place of the is on act. fire right like yeah it's all on fire it's a great comedic beat there's like kicking open the doors and guns blazing and stuff it's it's a lot of fun when i was watching that this yeah. time i was like oh shit this is genius right it's like making good on that grind house uh kind of aesthetic or like kind of what they were selling the audience on going into it where it's like oh you're watching these movies from a different time you know like the grain all over yeah. it they're trying to make it a theater experience you know it's uh I, I very much love that. I, I was like, yeah, that was the moment for me. It's a couple other things that I think are really cool, but I'll leave those for maybe you guys to shout out or we'll get into it later on in my notes. But yeah, that was that was like, this is clever. And I kind of like love this moment for me. It really um, was. It was such a like good, like kind of, you know, recreation of like that more like kind of analog experience, I guess, that a lot of people mm-hmm. going to see it would never have experienced. It all burns up and like, yeah, like if you were actually watching it being projected on film, that would have been pretty sick. Like, I don't know if they did that at the time at all. I don't know if they did like a road show or if they had reels in any of the theaters, but like that is very cool. They, they did a great job like emulating that effect for sure. Yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, what about you, Mike? What's your uh, favorite kill or your favorite scene? Um, It's tough because I quite enjoy this movie and I, I'm a big fan of like a lot of the different like set pieces in it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think my favorite, and it's more of like, it's not really like a particular scene. It's more of like a collage of a few scenes that in my mind I cluster together because I take them out of the context of the things that interrupt them. And it's when all hell starts going loose in the hospital and Marley Shelton is getting discovered by her husband as being a cheater and then confronted by him and stabbed and then making her way home. And I just think that it's a so well done. Like it is actually very tense. (laughs) Like it's a very tense scene, but it's so slapstick and absurd and comedic because she's just like, you know, got her hands like totally numb. (laughs) Like just so over the top. And then when she gets home and the fucking babysitters are there and they're like two of my favorite characters in that whole movie. And I'm just like, I I love Marley Shelton too. Like that's why I need to come out and say like, she is one of the people that makes this movie for me. And so I just, I really enjoy that. And I, it reminded me a little bit also of, um, the opening of the Dawn of the Dead remake. Oh, yeah. From 2004, yeah. which I, you know, had seen a couple years before and absolutely loved. So I I really like that. I just, that scene, that whole little, like, movement of her at the hospital and then her going home. I just, I always love that. I always think of that as, like, my favorite part of the movie. What about you, Ro? Kind of like you, it's it's really hard because there's a lot of, a lot of great scenes in this. I mean... I always like Marley Shelton scene with uh, with the needles when she's introducing you to her little friend. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, like my skin yeah. crawls. It crawls like like I said, I haven't seen this in a long time. And just like the minute she starts saying it, I remember it all like line for line. And mm-hmm. I was just like, this is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I, it's tough because I, like I said, it would either be a tie with that. And I do love when uh, like Rose McGowan gets her. Gets her gun lag just because it's like such a <laughs> yeah. such like a shitty grindhouse action movie thing. It's like you know, it, it's like how would this gun even fire? Like, yeah, right. Yeah, she's like, it's oh like, wait, there's a missile coming out of it all of a sudden, right? Like, so <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I was uh, curious. Like, I guess it'd be different for you, Colton, because this is your first time seeing it. But I guess. More of a question for you, Mike. Like 2007, like were you already on the Rodriguez train or? Oh, listen, girl, I was on the Rodriguez train as soon as when I was a teenager. I saw From Dust Till Dawn, and then I saw Desperado, and that was just it. Like <laughs> everything. Yeah, come I was on, just bro. Like, like, yeah, like Go exactly. Ahead, come on. Yeah. What? Are, what's wrong with you? What is wrong? I was with gonna you? say. I- even I was on the Rodriguez train. Okay. I mean, I had Spy Kids, you know, and Spy Kids Yeah, exactly, two, Spy, Spy Kids, Kids 3D. Well, I've, never, know, I've on, never seen any of the Spy Kid movies. You're missing out, dude. I love those movies as a kid. They're so bad. <laughs> and really, really great casts, again. Like, he has, he's, his movies, I, you know, obviously he has that in common with Tarantino in that it's like, the casts are like, doesn't matter what you think of the movie, it could be the biggest piece of garbage, but you know that it the cast is going to be, like, literally, like, delectable. It's going to be, like, a treat, a morsel. If nothing else, you can chew on the cast for a while. 
so mer- not many literally. familiar faces in this movie too. Like, yeah, you're sa- you're talking about the cast, but like everyone who was popping up was like, oh, that's the guy from Lost, and I'm like, oh, that's the other guy from Lost, and, right? Oh my yeah. god, oh my god, it's Tom Savini, you know, <laughs> like you know, just as yeah. I'm watching, Bruce Willis is in this. Wait, Fergie's in this, you know, as someone who, yeah, I I never had any of this shit spoiled for me. I was just like. Oh my god, this is wild! Oh, I'm right? like, so glad. I'm so yeah. I was glad. just watching. I was just like shocked, like with all the faces popping up. And I'm a huge fan of Lost, right? So when you got multiple oh, characters from multiple Lost, in Lost it, right people, when, yeah, right when like Lost was kind of wrapping up, or you know, kind of in its heyday, yeah. I think in 2007, not wrapping up. I, I was like, this is this is sick. I was I was loving that. It's it's like one little like um wink after another you know every time somebody is like oh here comes this new character like and then after like 10 or 15 minutes whenever like they shift to a new scene you're like okay who's gonna be in this (laughs) who's gonna walk out you know (laughs) i was just almost like waiting for cameos in a way and and the thing is is a lot of them aren't actually cameos they come in they kind of make a big deal out of it but then they actually have like a little arc it's more usually like one or two lines right they got they got some meat to them right it's yeah, you think cool. the Tarantino's gonna come in and go <laughs> and say something and then walk off again and then he gets yeah. this whole like disgusting ass fucking scene? Like, oh my god, yeah, love it. Qu- yeah, Tarantino and like playing complete scumbags, like you know, name a more iconic duo, really. Like right? he, he loves and doing like that, and yeah. and calling back to you know like from dusk till dawn. Jesus, like just I am glad to hear you guys are are Rodriguez heads because I I feel like he like. You, it's just one of those things, kind of like Tarantino, right? It's just like a real, like, you either love him or you hate him. I mean, Rodriguez obviously has, like, this real... <laughs> when I was younger, this is for, uh, like, the hip-hop heads. I used to say he was, like, the master P of movies, where it was, like, always putting out movies, but, you know, Master P as a rapper was, like, he produced the music. Like, he, all, he did everything yeah. in-house and then yeah. released it. And then, you know, was very successful with it. Where, like, Rodriguez is very much the same way. Like, oh, yeah. You know, like, every- I'm going to write it. I'm going to edit it. I'm going to direct it. I'm going to be the director of photography. I'm, yeah. He did the music in this Produce also. It. I'm going to do the music. Yep. You know, yeah, right? exactly. You Which know, I read. Uh, yeah. What What's even crazier is I read that originally Carpenter was signed on to do the soundtrack. And uh, Carpenter, like, yes, because he references multiple Carpenter movies and he couldn't do it. So I didn't notice it's been a long time since I've seen Escape from New York, but apparently they said that they actually took music from the Thane and Escape from New York and it's in Planet Terror. I could, I could sort of hear that when I was watching it this Mm -hmm. time. I don't know if it's just me projecting, and you know, I was thinking of like. Uh, because, you know, obviously there's like a huge chunk of it that's like Assault on Precinct 13 referencing. And again, you know, it's like you have that ominous synth score that just like never lets up. I will say that uh, like preteen teenage Rowan was obsessed with Desperado. That was another like high rental like that in Girl, El Marachi. Like I rented those all the time. I had... All of the, I used to go down to the, like, CD stores, used CD stores downtown here, like, literally ever since I was probably, like, seven or eight years old. And I'd buy tapes, I'd buy CDs, I'd buy whatever, and I got, I think, all of his, like, 90s movies, like, Desperado and everything, and From Dust Dawn, I had, like, CDs of all the soundtracks. Nice. And when I moved, like, three moves ago, I ripped all of my CDs to a hard drive and then like gave away what people would take and whatever people wouldn't take I donated and I've never ever I'm like I have all these like cool Robert Rodriguez soundtracks which are 
amazing and i had the cds which are probably mm-hmm. like collector's items now and it's like fuck yeah. why did i give them away i can't believe that we've even talked about this two minutes without uh mike going on about rose mcgowan just because i know mike is a uh, ever since i've known him is a uh, a rose mcgowan fan a stan oh my god listen cherry I, darling again cherry, cherry darling. darling i was gonna say i i love like the opening scene to this and just was it you, Colton, that said that this was a super horny movie? Yeah, it feels pretty horny for sure. I don't know if it's quite as horny as From Dusk Till Dawn because you have the vampires wow. in there that adds an extra layer to it. But yeah, it felt pretty horny when I was watching it. I was like, do all Rodriguez movies start with a you know an extended you know stripping sequence? You know, it's I like, think if he had his way, they would. Uh, I I feel I like think that, he I mean, does it's a great he way has to start. Like a whole catalog of like really good stripping songs i think in his like oh uh, yeah music library and i feel like he's just like i need an excuse to like use re- these really good like sleazy like bluesy uh like nighttime rock songs that would be really good mm-hmm. for like <laughs> you know pole dancing Rod- rodriguez is like the master of just creating like seedy bars like seedy mm-hmm. restaurants just like there's just something about his aesthetic. He just gets it. Like, he gets anyone that wants this kind of movie, what they want it to sound like, what they want it to look like. And I mean, you're right, Colton. Like, the, I mean, when I watch this, you can't not watch this and all the connective tissue to, like, From Dust Till Dawn. I mean, we have the same, like, the sheriff is the same character from dust till dawn in this oh i never picked up on that it's been a few years since i've seen from dust till dawn last yeah i i can't think his name but it's like uh it's marley shelton's like father who's like the Um, older sheriff uh, yeah i know i'm like his name is on the tip of my tongue right now fuck michael parks was that it no yeah michael parks is it sorry yeah yeah because the two michaels are the the cops (laughs) And Michael Bain. Because he's in, uh, like, he's in Death Proof. He's in Kill Bill. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that character is in, like, a couple Rodriguez Tarantino movies. And I think, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously Tarantino's in this movie, but I just, I love the bromance. Like, there's so many just, like, it kind of reminded me of, you know, we always talked about when we talked about, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, stuff like that. Like, kind of the... The Wes Craven, John Carpenter, like, nods and the Sam Raimi nods of, like, just including little things. Like, um, if you look at uh, Marley Shelton's, like, list of, like, things Kill Bill. Kill Bill is Uh. the last thing on the list. (laughs) I fucking died. I fucking died. Yeah, when I saw that, it was, was like, schoolgirl giggles out of me. I was like, this is... That was was one of those, like, that I missed when I was watching it because it only flicks on it for, like, a second. So that was one of those that when I bought the DVDs or Blu-ray or whatever I had, I assume it was probably Blu-ray. No, it was probably DVDs because I probably picked them up used at Blockbuster. Um, yeah, it was like you had to pause it and go, oh my fucking God. <laughs> like that's, that was literally blink and you miss it. I, I also need to give a big shout out to, uh, Freddie Rodriguez who. Oh, of course. How many times have I talked about Can't Hardly Wait? Like one of my all time favorite movies. And he's, he's like one of the main bros in that movie. 
So I remember, like, I remember seeing this for the first time. It, all I knew was I was like, oh, shit, it's the guy from Can't Hardly Wait. Like, obviously, I'm going to love And he's, this. like, ripped and, like, scarred and has all these, like, tattoos and so, like, badass. I Listen, I've loved him ever since Six Feet Under. So. Oh, oh, yeah. He, I, he's fantastic in Six Feet Under. But this yeah. is, like, literally, this is what this happens when I watch this movie. I just get giddy. I, I'm just, like, everything about it, I'm like, this is just made for trash people. Like, Oh, guys. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. like, everything's so good. Michael Michael Bean, who's, like, great. Uh, I can't, I don't know the guy, but the guy that, or um, Jeff Fahey that plays JT, oh, like, yeah, his yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah he's, he's so lost. Yeah. yeah, yeah, see, yeah. and I've never seen Lost. But, like, him and Michael mm-hmm. Bean in this movie, like, I also live for. I love the relationship. I yeah. love the whole subplot of, like, sher- the sheriff trying the to get the... <laughs> trying to get the recipe to the barbecue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, pulling at those heartstrings, like, at, at the this end. This is one of those rare occasions that I will say, I never... I, I actually say the opposite, especially now these days. I will never say a movie needs to be longer, but if they had put an extra, like, seven or eight minutes of the two of them bantering through the movie i would not have batted an eye at it i would have been like fuck yeah give me more of that like i'm just eating it with a goddamn fucking wooden chili spoon (laughs) well i mean it's like i said it's because they they know what they want even when you're getting the banter like when they're at the police station and you know michael beans like very vaguely just because you know to them i know that you're like this is just funny you know where they're they're being like you know talking about his shady past but not telling you what it is and just making it sound really dramatic but like they're having these conversations there's cars just like exploding for no reason it's so over the top like every time a cop just like shoots a handgun a car is like flying in the air and it's just oh my god i was like this is exactly the kind of action movie that uh, i want and i need I, I will say, yeah. too, that uh, this was the... I think this is the first movie I ever saw Josh Brolin in. Like, I was not aware of him until I saw this. Okay. Uh, I'll I let it slide. Old Country not... was maybe a year or maybe the same year as this. I'd have to Google it to be sure, but... I saw that late, though. I saw that, like, years after it yeah, came Yeah, that was out. 2007, so it was probably, like, shortly before And this. I probably didn't see that till like, 2011, 2012. Yeah, I mean, what yeah, about like, the Yeah, but, like, did Goonies? you not see the Goonies? Like, I'm just, like... I... <laughs> We've had this conversation. I've never seen the Goonies. Oh, my God. Wow. I just, this is, this right. is something about you that I have to persistently repress the memory of because it's it's so disappointing you're such a disappointment to me oh man (laughs) josh brolin he was in uh into the blue from 2005 which that was like a colton sexual awakening movie because jessica alba's in it i don't know if you've seen oh my god i forgot about that into the blue that's like paul walker in it too yeah paul walker and jessica alba and they're like diving for sunken treasure the entire movie so she's just in a bikini for 90 percent of the movie you're missing out. That that's you gotta see into the blue. Oh yeah, Scott Kahn was in it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it now. <laughs> yeah, that's a wow. film. I say that just because like Josh Brolin always is a standout every time I watch this. Like I think he's, his character is awesome in this. He's he's super creepy. I think they do this weirdly good job where 
like I said, it's been so long since I watched it. So as it first started, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, is this guy not really an asshole? Like, it's just his wife's cheating on him. And then, like, and then we get into, like, no, he's just, like, an abusive dick. And uh, But he just, he plays a dick so well. And I just, you know, I loved everything about just his his character. Like, I love the 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 temperature stick or whatever the whatever you call it, it like in his mouth and yeah the thermometer is it the, 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 yeah. the, the temperature the temperature stick <laughs> you know that temperature let stick. me take your temperature with this stick hang on now doctor in the house <laughs> I was gonna say like also I always forget that this is a zombie movie <laughs> I always know it's a horror movie I never remember that it's a zombie movie I, I'm curious like do you think it's effective as a zombie movie would you classify it uh, as a zombie movie I have thoughts about that actually um, I also sometimes forget that it's a zombie movie because the focus is so much on the characters Yeah, I think I think they do for, for something that's like uh, you know, a send-up slash homage to this sort of thing. Like, they do a really good job with the characters, and again, I think it's because all the, like, things work together, like, alchemically, and, like, the actors, and, like, the aesthetic, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is zombie. When they, whenever they cut to, like, the insane, you know, heads exploding and everything and cars blowing up, I'm like, oh, yeah, there actually is shit going on in this. Right, like I kind of lean a different way where it's it's a very small difference, but for me it just feels like mutants rather than zombies. Which I mean, like I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the Fallout games at all, but like mutated oh, yes, people and that kind of yeah. yeah, they they feel more like what they are in this movie where there's like severe deformities or sometimes just these lumpy masses and like they're almost unrecognizable as like human to some degree. So when they get to that point, like it feels more just like, oh, they're mutants. They're affected by a biological weapon. And I understand that is also the explanation for zombies in certain universes, but it's just the way they're treated in this. And like, they're constantly deforming and coming back to human and going, you know, getting worse and worse back and forth, back and forth. It just feels like mutants to me or something. No, you're totally right. That's also like cheesier and like, kind of like in the vein of the movie a little bit more is kind of what I felt like when I was watching it. But yeah, everything I read, they did call them zombies. So yeah, just to me, but it's like, it's like like fallout and resident evil meshed into yes. one right like Mixed you're together, like oh yeah. look there's wesker like transforming because he didn't take his like you yeah. know his uh antidote or whatever and yeah yeah bruce willis very much at the end of the movie when he gets all transformed right yeah. it's very much like a it's similar to like a resident evil creature yeah exactly it's like how many times is he gonna like yeah. like start bubbling up and <laughs> explode right yeah <laughs> i can't believe we got this far yeah. into it and didn't uh didn't bring up the bruce willis is in it Oh, I mentioned it in the cameos, but yeah. I, you know, I didn't expand on it. But I was shocked. I was literally like, "Is that Bruce Willis? Or is that a Bruce Willis look like?" And I was watching with a friend who's in town visiting me, which is another reason why I'm so busy right now on top of my work because you know I have someone staying with me that spent a thousand dollars to come visit, and I literally <laughs> only have my weekend free. That's it. Yeah. But uh, they spent a thousand dollars so they could watch Planet Terror. <laughs> <laughs> essentially but look at the company ro look at the company. that's right it's worth a thousand yeah, come on price friendship is priceless come on rowan <laughs> but yeah no i i was literally like is that bruce willis and he's like yeah man he's not in the credits like he's not in the opening credits and i, I was just like shocked right i was like i can't believe this right it's been a you know obviously bruce willis's career and his medical 
uh, situations. Kind of, he's been getting deteriorating for sure with uh, over the last ten years. But in this, he's like in great form. You know, it's like, yeah. oh damn, it's Bruce Willis. You it's know? like peak Bruce it's, Willis. Yeah, it's very impressive. I love his cameo. Like I'm, you know, I don't think I don't think it's any secret to anyone. I'm not like a huge Bruce Willis guy. Uh, he's just one of those actors just he doesn't do it for me like i'm not a big diehard guy i just if it's not fifth element i don't really care so uh pulp fiction for me yeah pulp, yeah, pulp, fiction, pulp fiction he's good in but see that that's yeah. how i like him i like him in these kind of like cameo he's not overpowering but when he's on the screen like he's very magnetic uh and it just great gimmick i was reading um an interview with rodriguez and he talked about like that you know Bruce Willis is deliberately only in this movie for you know like a couple minutes cuz he said that that was like their their homage to grindhouse movies where you'd get this huge actor in these 70s grindhouse movies but you'd only shoot one day with them so that you could put them yeah. on the poster and make money so he was uh he was talking about like apparently Bruce Willis like wanted to be a part of this whole movie and he was like no man I'm oh, okay. I'm only going to yeah. use you for one day cuz this is the gimmick. <laughs> yeah. Apparently That's fair. Oh my. Apparently I know I didn't look closely enough but they said that if you watch the camera angles and the backgrounds that he actually didn't shoot with anyone else. He was just there on the sets by himself and like that was the whole. It was all part of the gimmick, yeah. which I think just super. It's all in- steam everywhere. Yeah, He's and like they were like that. The steam, yeah. They wanted that authentic feel where they're like, we wanted them on set, and it's just literally like, there's no other actors here. We have you on a random day, and you're just shooting all your scenes. And yeah, That's cool. I like. I think he just you know he he does an awesome job. Although I'm very curious who plays him once he's you know a zombie mutant. Because another thing I love is the fact that they never look anything like uh, like the people they the were. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. was, like, quite obviously just someone different. I don't even think they had the same voice or anything. <laughs> I will say this watching it. I was watching this while I was eating in the middle of the night. And not a good choice. I forgot how gooey and just, it's like, very gross gooey. this movie is. A lot of fluids and fleshy bits flying around and some rotting and you know green you know things it's uh it's something yeah yeah lots of greeny yellow pus pus and, yeah and, a lot of uh tarantino dicks falling off that was quite a scene also i i couldn't help but think i mean obviously harvey weinstein's names all over uh, this movie obviously yeah but there's yeah. that one scene where they're showing kind of like this man's severely deformed genitalia like on the screen and it's like it's the crotch but it's just like this mass of like wound and like boil yeah, and it's yeah, really yeah. gross and they're like and when i he remember pees, like it comes from out his... like a spout <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly, like a sprinkler, all these different holes. And I remember hearing from his trial that his penis was like severely deformed, like beyond the, you know, basically that it even looks like a penis. And when I was watching this movie, I was like, "Damn, Harvey Weinstein cameo right here!" <laughs> you know, like yeah. I was like, oh, "Holy shit, wow, this is so gross." Yeah, that's, that's all I could think about at the time because it was like a big thing, you know. Maybe uh, that was their way yeah. of like kind of getting a dig in. Yeah. 
you know. Because it didn't, it was just out of nowhere, right? Like, they could have shown anything on that screen, but... Oh, it was definitely, like, just for the gross-out factor, right? And they kept, like, going through, like, more and more gross pictures, and I think even, like, one of the characters kind of react to it, but yeah, that first one, I was like, I wonder if this is a subtle dig that, like, nobody would know at the time, right? That now it's, you know, it was, like, made new stories around the world, right? So... Exactly. Like I said, I, I watched a couple things, read a couple things. Another thing I thought was kind of interesting was, uh, so Josh Broylan was shooting this uh, before No Country for Old Men. Did you see that, Colton? Oh, okay. I didn't see that, no. I, I was kind of chuckling that you keep calling him bro- Broylan, Broylan instead of Broylan. Broylan, <laughs> no, sorry. <right>. Broylan. Uh, <laughs> but apparently the Cohen- It's canon that Ro can't pronounce it. Yeah, I always mispronounce <laughs> names. But uh, apparently the Coen brothers, like, wouldn't give him an audition for the movie. Like, they weren't interested in him at all. And uh, he talks about on record that Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino shot an audition tape for him and sent it to the Coen brothers. So somewhere out there, there's an audition tape that was directed by Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez for him How to was get that the not part. on the special features? <laughs> it should be. It should be. But uh yeah, and they like they talked about that uh Marley Shelton like red lines in the audition tape uh for him like oh one of the God. scenes just cuz yeah, the Cone brothers had just zero interest in him, which is ridiculous. Do you know if Brolin was wearing shoes during his audition or did he have one foot kind of propped up on a table, you know, since QT was shooting it, you know, just getting in his foot fetish, you know? I, I love that. All. Yeah, I love that Tarantino in this movie kind of mentions that he's like, oh, I've seen a stripper with 12 toes. And yeah. when he says it, he's almost like salivating, you know? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, he would. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, I I was trying to look for it quick, but I, I couldn't find it. But I did read there was some stuff on, because uh, this does get messy when you deal with like Rose McGowan, because like, uh, you know, she famously also was was dating. She was a partner of Robert Rodriguez. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I believe they were together when they made this movie. And uh, there's a lot of like Rodriguez always, you know, I know in the future, like now he has talked about, like he wasn't actually a big fan of Harvey Weinstein. And he claims there was a lot of little like fuck yous to Harvey Weinstein in the production simply because yeah because he he had several of his movies had been under the weinstein banner well it's the same with tarantino right since they're they're friends i think they were kind of like would use each other's names and clout in hollywood and you know essentially get harvey to fund it but yeah i mean a lot of people hate harvey and wine or harvey and bob weinstein yeah and see i know he kind of has aligned himself with bob where he was like i was actually knew bob more than i knew harvey and I, I just know there were some messy things, because I, I think Rose McGowan is not a... I don't think she's a big fan of this film, like, now, in the present. Oh, really? You know, I think she felt some of it was a little, like, exploitative, and, and it's not really her jam now. Yeah. You know, Rodriguez kind of argues, and, you know, it, it's kind of like a couple bickering thing 
Where... Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of her catalog that she doesn't care for now. Yeah, but I'm like, I, I'm just saying she needs to own it because she's she's fucking hilarious in this. She's oh, awesome in this. Well, she's awesome and she's also like really hot in this movie as well. <laughs> and like obviously it's filmed through the male gaze very much of Rodriguez, but it yeah. felt like appropriate for the period they were kind of you know, setting this movie in or kind of trying to pass it off as like a 70s or 80s movie, right? It was yeah. very much like, look how hot this chick is, you know? And it was like very much like, yeah, she is hot, you know? And then it's also like, hey, the character has a lot more meat than just literally being a stripper, you know, just literally being eye candy, right? Like she's an excellent character in this movie. So I would own it, yeah. Yeah, she had a little yeah. less meat once they took off with her leg, but... <laughs> Thanks, Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just gotta say that I it, it was very pleasant. Uh, and the score too. I I already said that Rodriguez did the score, but I thought the score was fantastic. Just everything you know, we kind of touched on like the music, just great selections, great selections. I fucking love Robert Rodriguez. What do you guys think of the ending? Because obviously, once again, first time watch, I've never seen it before. But like when she kind of lifts up the dress and has a Gatling gun underneath that she could like upgrade it. Oh man, I had a big dumb smile on my face. I was like, yes. So I good. don't know why I always, I, I remember, I always forget that one little element of the ending. And every yeah. time I watch this movie, for whatever reason, I forget about it. And when she lifts up the skirt and points it at the the thing, I always yeah. go, oh, my God, I fucking forgot. And it just it's, it's yeah, so big dumb good. smile. Right. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. I I never remember. I was like, not the this. fucking rail gun. Like <laughs> I, I love the freeze it. frame as well. You know, her and a baby. I was like, oh, it's just it yeah. was all so good. I yeah, it was very good. I will say when I watched it this time, I was like, man, this really feels like kind of army of darkness like that type feel, which I feel vindicated because I saw that he said his goal was that end scene to feel like army of darkness. Yeah. He he's kind of cited that as like one of, you know, a big film he's really enjoys. I think my favorite nice. part about that scene is, uh, when the Gatling gun like shoots that zombie's head off. But in the next scene there's like when the, the zombies on the ground, like the head is clearly just not blown off. Which just like adds to the aesthetic oh. that it, you yeah. know that it's like this cheap, you know we don't care about continuity. The editing is very poor. Yeah, continuity. Rowan over here pointing out uh, continuity errors. Yeah, you know, right. Angling for that script supervisor job in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just hooked me up. Um, I am curious. I like. I don't know how you guys watch this. If you watched it, like I know it's on Shutter in Canada, and like I said, I watched the. Blue oh, is Ray. it? Yeah, it it is oh, on Shutter. Shit, I didn't realize. I just watched the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, so did I. But I was curious about how you thought about like uh, the film grain and stuff, like that digital film grain. Like, I I will say there was parts it kind of took me out just because I thought it looked pretty bad. I don't know. Like, may, have we gotten better at putting fake film grain in movies since then? I, I, I really kind of think, think he was just. Do. <laughs> Yeah, I think he was just very much wanting to make it like, you know, 80% opacity, you know, like very yeah, yeah. in your face. I mean, a lot of people do film grain now. They actually like record, you know, old film grain, you know, and then they put it over their movie and then it looks way more legitimate. It's not just a digital effect. But I think yeah. in this movie, it was supposed to look really cheap. 
did I notice that yeah. it was like repeating to some degree? And did I ever not notice it? No, probably not. But in this one movie, I'll kind of like let it go. I do think if it was actual film grain, it probably would have looked a little bit better. Like maybe in something like uh, House of the Devil or something, you know, yeah. Ty West or, yeah. you know, there's there's been some other movies recently that I've seen it. I mean, it's an aesthetic that's definitely coming back. Um, but yeah, I mean, for what this movie was going for, did I like it? No, I didn't really like it a hundred percent, but it didn't really like, it wasn't like a negative. It didn't detract too much from my yeah. experience. It's like, after you watch five minutes, you kind of get used to it is what I found. All right. I got to be depraved for a second. Cause everyone knows oh I'm a God. fucking oh, no. dirtbag. Um, oh God. Have I ever been more happy that a movie is willing to take the chance of a murdering a dog and then b murdering a kid? Uh, no, no, <laughs> I haven't. I, you know, I, I love it depraved. when we're just willing to cross those boundaries. Well, you're saying you're depraved, but then on the recent episodes of Now Slang, I think we have two in a row where one I say, this movie didn't kill the dog. You know, I wish they killed the dog. And the second one, I'm like, they did kill the dog. You know, well done. You know, it's just like, so you're saying you're depraved, but it's a, it's kind of a running uh, joke with me now on these recent reviews as well. But I always like every watch, like I know, I know their kid, like, shoots himself in the face every time though every time even this watch every time i comes to that scene i'm like no they're not gonna do that and then they do it and i'm just like fuck this is i'm like it's just they went there i'm like this is awesome also that's uh i don't know if you knew that was robert rodriguez's kid like his actual kid. i knew yeah, from I imdb that. yeah i didn't know from watching the movie but yeah when i was kind of checking out the the cast i saw that yeah I, apparently rodriguez said that uh he didn't want to traumatize a random kid so he was like i might as well Fair. just use my kid if you're gonna give anybody <laughs> a like free ticket to therapy for the rest of their life it might as well be a kid that you can pay for the therapy for <laughs> yeah no it, yeah. exactly um when i was doing a bit of um google image searching because i was posting some gifs from this today in preparation for my watch um i don't know how my google image searching led me to this but um I saw while I was looking, I was actually looking for crazy babysitter twins gifs because I used to have some on my phone and never on. Um, shut up. Uh, but I saw that he made a comment that he actually shot a version of the movie where the kid doesn't die and goes right to the end so that when his son watched it, he wouldn't see the version where he dies <laughs> i thought that was so cute i thought that was so fucking cute apparently so at the uh it's like after the credits that the son is sitting on a bench playing with the like the animals in his yeah. thing and uh, i was reading there's only one copy of that edit and it's in the rodriguez household nice. that's so cool i like that yeah. as well that's awesome yeah i think i think that's awesome rodriguez just every every time i read about him when i watch a rodriguez movie i'm like he sounds so fucking awesome right for someone who makes movies that are like so fucking kind of horrific and grimy and often unsavory and sometimes sexy I'm like, he just seems so wholesome. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you can see that this is the same person that would make a Spy Kids because he's just like, exactly. oh, yeah, I'm going to cast yeah. my friends and my family. And like, it's just going to be this like thing, like a family affair. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I did want to make sure we talked about, uh, you know, speaking of Rodriguez, the, the very beginning, the fake trailer, which did wound up not being a fake trailer because we got two machete movies. Yeah, but it was a fake trailer because he wanted to make the movie anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, well, and for a long time, I was reading that 
he had Machete written in like 93 or something. Basically, he said the first time he ever met Danny Trejo, he went yeah. home and made a movie where he was like, this is the movie <laughs> that this guy needs yeah. to be the star of. So I was just curious what you guys like uh, thought. I guess it'd be different for you, Colton, where like Machete is already a thing. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen Machete? I have not seen Machete, no. But I mean, I knew it was a real movie, obviously. But yeah, the trailer yeah. beforehand was pretty awesome. But in the version I watched on Shutter, that was the only trailer, like fake trailer there was. Um, so I didn't see, like I heard there's like an Edgar Wright trailer for yeah. something. And... Yeah, those are at the end anyway, because those are in between Planet Terror movies, yeah. and Death Proof. Uh... Gotcha. Okay. I remember seeing, you know, the fake trailer for Machete, and I remember, like, being like, why isn't this a movie? Like, this looks so awesome. So I said that about yeah. every single one of them. Yeah, as a as a massive, like, Cheech and Chom fan, like, I, I'm a huge Cheech and Chom fan, I was just like, yeah, like, why, what is going on in life that this isn't to it? To the and, surprise of nobody. <laughs> and then we got it, and then not only did we get it, but we got it with Lindsay Lohan too so it was magnificent Colton watch Machete man it's just it'll make life better dude and then I need watch, to watch Hobo with a shotgun uh, I haven't seen that either dude I oh my to, god it's I so good yeah, it's so there's a lot of these good. movies I'm missing out on yeah. I've uh Hobo with a shotgun has been you know it's been circled in my ideas for an episode that's a homegrown movie shot here in Halifax. I was going to say, you you love, you you always, I will say, one, ever since I met you, you've been a real cheerleader for that Yeah, movie. we're, I mean, we're big fans. <laughs> we, like, we know people that were in that movie, and yeah. and I, I don't wow. know well, but I've All met, right. like, the writer-director, like, Jason Eisner's a hometown boy. He's from Dartmouth, so... Like, I remember him, like, he used to direct, like, local rapper music videos and stuff. So, yeah, maybe sometime. I do love, do love being some hobo with a shotgun. Was there anything else you guys wanted to uh, discuss about this before we, you know, put the the wheels down, land the plane? I got nothing else, really, that I need to discuss. I don't know about you, Mike. I mean, I, we sort of, like, touched on a lot of what I had notes for, except, like... Touch? More like gush. Fergie, We've just been three gushing. exclamation points after it. <laughs> I want to say, every time I watch this, I forget how fucking beautiful Fergie is. And that first shot of her, when she's, like, leaned over and, like, kind of, like, steamy and wet and, like, looks up and has that, like, beautiful scarf on, I'm like, god damn. <laughs> like... Fergie is so hot. You go for like, it. No wonder Mar the I would I would never I would never like agree with anybody cheating on Josh Brolin. Like, how could you do that? Because Josh Brolin is also one of the hottest people alive, in my opinion. But I'm like, the Marley Shelton, Josh Brolin bisexual vibes are real, but I'm like, Fergie comes in the picture and I'm like, no, oh, I can see this. I can see this. I wanna I wanna be, as my friend once said to me, the videotaper of that threesome. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really i i have too many other notes i won't i won't go into it i i that, i just want to wrap up with i want to be the videotaper of the fergie Bradley shelton josh brolin threesome so thank you good night <laughs> i think a good spot to wrap up the review portion is uh you know, you being a complete uh, creeper anyway. and uh, No, but it's so funny because Colton said earlier about, you know, being a horny movie. And I kept thinking yeah. about how this movie is, like, all about texture. And I'm like, it is, the te it's the texture of this movie to me is horny. 
even when it's violence, the violence has a horny texture. I like can feel it. I can like, yeah. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. I love thinking about like, you know, Colton maybe makes a film someday and he's like, yeah, we need to put that, uh, horny filter over everything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be a top on my list, my to do list. You know, we need the horny filter for sure. Yeah. And then it'll be, uh, it'll be a hit. So if that is everything we will, uh, We'll get into rating it. Uh, if you're new to the program, uh, our rating system is nay, okay, yay, or slay. Mike, this was your pick. What would you rate Planet Terror? Um, Honestly, I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but um, it's a slay for me. Wow. It's a slay. I'm not saying, I'm not going to be raw and be like, it's, it's Jaws, you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> it's... It's it's just it's kind of just over the sleigh threshold. It's like a massive world shattering yay. But I'm gonna call it sleigh. And I know that I know people who would disagree with me, and I will be having words with them. But I adore it, and every time I watch it, I like laugh and I like giggle and I smile and you know, there's just so many elements to it that I just think are so fun. And I just think it's really well done. I think as a, like, parody slash homage slash, like, over-the-top absurd send-up, it's brilliant. And I think, like, I made all sorts of notes about, like, how the comedy in it is actually really good because it's, like, very clear that not only did he study, you know, grindhouse movies, but, like, the comedy beats and stuff are, like, kind of taken from, like, classical, like, kind of comedy theory and stuff. So I just, I think it's all around a big slay. A big slay. I I just, I love the whole Grindhouse experience um, as a whole, but when I walked out of it, when I saw this in theaters, I said, like, I adored that whole thing, but Planet Terror, I was like, I know that 10 plus years from now, this will be one of my favorite movies, and I honestly think it is. So... Uh, what about you first time, Colton? So going into this, I, I had it uh, loaded up on Amazon Prime, you know, watching through my AMC subscription, which also includes Shudder. And I saw the take campy and I was like, <laughs> oh, my fuck, I'm going to hate this. I was like, oh, no, this is like another repo or some shit that I'm going to watch. And a me pick, a campy me pick. And, right? and a mic yeah. pick, yeah. And I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised. I I really enjoyed my time with this movie. I was very much on its vibe. I think camp works for me. And obviously, this is subjective. But when the filmmaker I know is talented enough to do something other than camp, but they choose to do it and they still execute it at a very high level. I find a lot of campier movies, people wind up calling them campy based on like, well, this was kind of what they could have done with the budget, or this is what the their skills allowed at the time, so it's campy. Yeah. This, I felt like Robert Rodriguez could have made a different movie. He probably could have made a, you know, a quote-unquote better or more technically polished movie if he wanted to, but he chose to go in this direction, and I think he executed what he was going for at a very high level. Um, like I said, I love the great practical effects, the buckets of blood. You know, I was chuckling and smiling throughout so I will give this a very, very strong yay. I won't go to a sleigh because it's my first time and it's very yeah. rare I get to a sleigh. But I think it's a great movie. It's like a four out of five on Letterboxd for me. I very much enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, like I've said, I've been working a lot of hours. So the fact that I sat through this thing, enjoyed it, you know, didn't didn't find it long or anything that, yeah, it was I very much enjoyed my time with it. It's a yes. strong yay for me. What about I'm you, I'm actually shocked. I just... 
shocked. <laughs> no, I was shocked too. I saw a camp yeah. and I was like, oh no. You know, I had a sinking feeling. And then about five minutes in, I was like, no, this is campy. But like I can tell, like yeah. I always say, I'm in the hands of like a capable filmmaker is what I felt. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What about you, Rowan? I think, uh, I mean, at least some people's dismay. A full disclosure, we didn't think Colton was going to make this episode. So I was like frantically putting feelers out like, hey, we need to try to get someone on the podcast. I'm looking at you, Patrick and Steven. You both groaned when uh, I told you what film it was, even though you couldn't do it anyway. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. We will be having words. Yeah. I, I was like, <laughs> oh, no. I was like, oh, no. Is this like a really hated movie? And I just wasn't informed. I'm going to go with Colton. I'm giving this like the strongest yay. I, mm-hmm. I, I always, you know, like I said, it's been a long time since I've rewatched this, and I'm going to make sure it isn't that long next time. It, it's fun. Uh, it's like campy, mindless fun. You can just kind of throw it on and do something else. And whenever you look at it, there's like something awesome going on and gross. Yeah. And you, it's just like a, a good time. You know, I, I think am I influenced by like being aware when this came out and this hit me at the right time? And, you know, back then I was just obsessed with Rodriguez and Tarantino. And I'm, I'm sure that's some of it, too. But. I, I think if you're looking for, like, this kind of just slimy, like, grindhouse horror, like, there's really not much better, especially, like, in a modern-day context. Yeah, I can't give it—I don't think I give it a slay. Like, I don't think it's, like, up there in the upper echelons. But uh, it might be better than Jaws. I don't know. I'll have to decide. <laughs> Oh, God. I'm trying to figure out if stuff is going up to the Jaws level, or Colton, like, maybe you have a thought on this, if he's pushing Jaws down further. I can't tell what, (laughs) I can't tell what direction it's going in. Like, Jaws next time he watches, is he just, like, shoving Jaws down the, like, the the ladder of esteem? Like... (laughs) Oh man! So yeah, I think uh, I think a slay too too strong yay is is pretty. Uh, it's a hell of a lot higher than I thought uh, we would wind up on this film. So uh, we told you what we thought of the film, and we asked you what you thought, and uh, you guys responded. We we got a uh, few responses. So I'll start. Uh, we asked on our slasher account, and uh, we had two people right. Uh, so first we had the bone breaker, right? And he gave just a yay with exclamation mark. And then he gave me like the, uh, the like rock symbol, hand symbol. So another fan of the movie. Uh, then we had Bixby 77, right? He said a huge nay. I know it was supposed to be a B film, but even Robert and QT couldn't even get that shit right. Terrible. They tried Ooh. so hard and failed so big. So not, uh, I'm going to assume okay, not a fan of, of this opinion, movie. That's fine. Yeah, it's all yeah. right. We're, we're just, we're just silently judging guys. It's not a big issue. Uh, and then on Instagram, uh, we had V bone four, two, zero, six, nine, right? And uh, I don't know how to read this one. It just says, ah, exclamation mark. And that's all it says. I don't know if that's a positive (laughs) or a negative one. And then uh, our last one, uh, we got a a DM on the Instagram. They, uh, They slid in the DMs, which 
I'm going to say this right now. Uh, you know, this, this was from, uh, Nick class underscore V dot 1.5, man. You just got to start leaving like voicemails, man. Cause you always write like big in-depth, uh, review on it. You could just call up and, and, you know, let the world yeah, get just your hear, voice on there. Hear that <laughs> voice. Do, yeah. So, uh, they wrote and they said a whole lot of gore, Almost nonstop action in a surprisingly huge cast of well-known actors. Planet Terror really works for me as the intentionally trashy homage to both more artistic zombie movies like Night of the Living Dead, as well as the B-movies of the 70s and 80s like Nightmare City or City of the Living Dead. That being said, as a fake exploitation film, Death Proof works better since it feels really grimy instead of over the top. But I guess not many people prefer Tarantino's grindhouse part over this one. Yeah, I, I would be in the camp that prefers Rodriguez for sure over yeah. Quentin Tarantino, which I never thought I'd say that going into this movie. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I've prefer always this preferred. Half. Rodriguez over Tarantino, if we're being honest. But anyway, well, that's pretty spicy. But maybe tonight I'll I'll watch Death Proof because, like I said, I think I've only seen it once, and now that I really think about it, I don't even know if I've fully seen it. But you need to make sure that you watch the the full version with the extra like ten minutes because there's a really good bit in there about um Italian Vogue. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll I'll have to make sure then that I check that miss. The section on Italian Vogue, for sure. <laughs> the movie f- does not function without it. I'm like, I can't watch... I I watched Death Proof again, and it was like... somebody. I think somebody downloaded it or something, and it was the theatrical cut with the like extra ten minutes gone. And I literally said to them, I was like, where's the part where they're like haggling with the gas station guy for Italian Vogue? Like, that's my favorite part of this movie. <laughs> Oh my! Yeah, everyone wrote in. We, uh, you know, no calls on the hotline. We got to get you on those hotline. I'm looking at you, Nick Class. I'm looking at it. You got to start speaking, man. We gotta, we gotta hear these in-depth thoughts showing us up. We're, we're here just like gore good, gore great. Well, my thoughts are a little bit more in-depth than that, but I still want to hear Nick Lass's, you know, thoughts as well. Me, me, and Mike are the ones that are just like the sexy lens. Give us, give us that. Excuse sexy me. Look. It was the horny lens. The horny lens. Difference. Get it right. Come on, Rowan. I hope they sell sexy that. Sexy is store. sexy. Horny is desperate. <laughs> I should buy a camera in store and then just be like, "Yeah, uh, you guys have the horny lens in stock." Uh, I'd like, uh, <laughs> I'd like to be able to just shoot and go. Uh, so yeah. Uh, why don't we uh, let them know how they can get a hold of us and all that good stuff yeah if you made it this far and you're not following us already on social media you can do so at it slays podcast we're on basically everything facebook twitter instagram slasher letterboxd i don't know wherever there's social media we're probably on it at it slays podcast and uh, yeah rowan how about you plug the playlist yeah so uh if you like music from horror movies uh go check out the it slays podcast horrific playlist on spotify you can search it or on any of our social media we have the link tree uh up and you can click on that and there's a link that goes directly to the playlist we put songs on there from movies we review as well as just you know iconic uh horror movie 
scores, songs from the movie. They're up there. So, uh, yeah, go take a listen. Get your uh, spooky music on for the upcoming spooky season. I see Spirit Halloweens are starting to open up. Uh, Not in Nova Scotia. I don't think we even had one last year, which I was very disappointed in. And I'm hoping this isn't a repeat. So... While you're listening to this episode, send some prayers for me because Rowan's trying to get some uh, <laughs> Rowan's trying to get some killer clowns from outer space costumes. So, uh, Daddy needs that. Uh, and then I think all we have left is uh, to announce the upcoming episode. And Colton, it's your pick. Yeah. So uh, next time on the podcast, we're gonna be reviewing uh, Eyes Without a Face uh, from 1960. Uh, Georges Franju. You know, it's uh, one of those that's very popular on Letterboxd and. Maybe I've seen it. Maybe I haven't. But yeah, we're going to be doing 1960s Eyes Without a Face. Colton knew we were having such a good time. He had to bring the mood down, bring the French into this. <sighs> I'm sorry. You know, it, it had to be done. You know, it had to be done. You're just trying to give us class, man. We we appreciate it deep down. Me and, me and Mike like that. You're trying to culture us a bit and, uh, you know, make it so we're not such heathens. So yeah, get your eyeballs on <laughs> Eyes Without a Face And uh, we'll be back in two weeks. We're back. We're back on time. We're back on schedule. Or this new schedule now, I guess. And uh, I'm sure we'll be back for now, Slains and stuff. So you always hear from us. You guys get tired of us. Uh, Thank you for all the support. And as always, I am Rowan. This is Mike. Bye. And I'm Colton. See you later. We're going to expand our weekly video segment to take you into the back shelves of your local video store. Back where it says horror videos and where kids are devouring some awful films that we call the video nasties. Are you freebasing inquiring minds want to know? I have to break free from this culture of mechanical reproductions and the thick incrustations dying on the surface. But the prime time gets... Pain, I can assure you, will be exquisite as for our deaths. Come with me and be immortal. We have such sights to show you. Gotta return some video.